course, and all, welcome to the latest Fearless in Devotion. Right, every week there seems to be a Ryan Reynolds cap full of news, and this week is no different. So before we do our love of all American things, let's do a bit of housekeeping. Firstly, thanks as always, Fat Boar, couldn't do it without you, love the food. Um, Tim, we know you love the food, you're a particular love fan. Love the food, love the owner, lovely bloke, his family are wonderful, his establishments run deep through the heart of the Wrexham community. So yeah, just great as always, support your local businesses, um, and yeah, one of the best. So cheers to Rich and the Fatboy, as always, for their endless support. Yeah, cheers to Rich, and uh, cheers to Reese and Liam, who can't join us today. Part-timers. Um, we did say this. Part-time yeah. partner, was it? Or, some, or something like that. Bit partner, whatever it was. Reese is currently hosting a surprise party for his wife. Now, I think we can say that because this isn't going to come out for a while. Um, if, if it does come out before his surprise party, can we just say to Sarah, act surprise, please, because we don't want to be dobbed in on anything. Right. What's the surprise for? Is it a birthday? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a milestone birthday. Happy birthday, Reese's good lady. Right. Uh, before we get going, new signing, new signing alert. Do we have a klaxon? <laughs> That was quite wow, good. Is, you put me on the spot. That is terrible. That's the last thing I'm going to hear before I die. Um, right. Will Boyle looks exactly like how I want my centre-halves to look. He looks like he would head away an anvil. Um, <laughs> what do you think? He's come down from the championship. Uh, he knows our, our, our captain, oh, well, our club captain, oh, sorry, our team captain, uh, Ben Tozer, really well from times at Cheltenham. I'm sure Ben had a had a word in uh, Parky's ear. He looks the part, doesn't he? He does look the part. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go down the route of, of him looking looking like an absolute bruiser. Um, but let's face it, he, he he's a he's a mean looking dude. It's exactly what you what you said. You know, we've had him in the past. I mean, Mark Crichton, Joey Jones, Mark McGregor, just just some proper bruisers. No messing. You know what you're kind of going to get, which is he will go in. With with high feet, he, he will head everything at. I mean, I mean, going in with high feet. No, I, mean, I mean, if somebody has a high foot, he'll still go onto the end of it. That's what I meant. Right. Okay. But yeah, I think um, <laughs> some, of the, some of the comments saying somebody needs to check his birth certificate. There's no way he's 27. Uh, <laughs> one one of... guy said, "Where was his paper around Chernobyl?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going down this route. It's cruel. However. Um, I did look at some footage of him at Cheltenham um, five or six years ago when he had a, a nice thatch of hair. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say Cheltenham would be the sort of place that would age a person. It's very nice down those parts. Whether Huddersfield has aged him in the last year or whatever, perhaps. But either way, he looks the part. It doesn't really matter. Um, and, and, and good luck to him. He's he, he, he's no nonsense. Um, he's going to be a straight talker. He seems like quite a good character. We haven't seen enough of him yet. He's been he's been a little bit, little bit dry in his in his interview, shall we say? Just very, you know, very matter of fact. Yes and no. Yes, it's a lovely ground. Yes, I'm excited to get going. The standard stuff you get from a signing. But but if you if you dig a little bit deeper, he he has done a lot of stuff in the community at Cheltenham and, and his other clubs before. So he's very much part of that, which goes with the whole mission statements and so on. So yeah, clever signing. Um, I think we're done in defence, aren't we now? Is that everybody? Is, is that making way for somebody or what? 
Uh, the only thing I can say is maybe Clue of going uh, going on loan, but there again, you need him on the bench because he's an academy player. So I can't really I can't really see that happening either. Um, two things: uh, Have you just named our meanest ever back four, as in McGregor, Boyle? Um, meanest Joey. looking, meanest looking. I mean, because I thought about this, I, I, I put a tweet out the other day, and I included Manny Smith as like a mean defence, but. Manny Smith is not a mean looker. He's a good-looking chap, Manny Smith. So if we're going to go for mean lookers, and this this that that does not transcribe as ugly in any way, shape, or imagination. I'm talking about people you going, yeah, exactly. You don't want to meet him down a dark alley kind of thing. So I would have I'd have him straight in there. Um, with it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, we've had we've had quite a few, but I think Mark Crichton, as lovely as he is, voice of an angel, by the way. I keep saying this. I'll, I'll tell you that yeah. story another time. Um, yeah, plenty of good, good, solid war of attrition kind of warriors at the back, and love it. Uh, I think it's great. I think, um, we've got a lot more games this season, and we're going to need that rotation for sure. Right. Uh, does this revise our back three, our starting back three, which I know we mentioned a couple of weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I went for Tunnicliffe, uh, Toza and Hayden. I think you put O'Connell in there. Are, are you changing your mind at all? Did I put O'Connell in there? Was that Liam? It's, you know what? It, it's such a, a wonderful, wonderful problem to have. Because, I mean, how many, when was the last time we were blessed with this many high-end quality centre-backs probably never yeah certainly not in our lifetimes you know so it's a tough one I, I think I I think I would have Tony Cliff in there are, are Tony Cliff and Boyle similar? similar I don't know maybe yeah well, we don't know yet do we? because he, he didn't play many games last season as a lot of Stockport fans have pointed out to me because I rinsed them for, for the whole Nick Powell thing and uh, but he didn't play because when he played he played more than what many fans are expecting to because he just come in as, as backup and he ended up playing due to other injuries. So he will hit the ground running for sure. He looks the part. He's a big, strong lad. And I don't think it's changed my mind yet that I think Tunnicliffe stays in there. I think Toza stays in there for his consistency in his throw. And I think uh, you can't, you can't take away anything from Hayden's goal prowess. You just can't. And yeah, that, that, for yeah. Long throws. Yeah. yeah, you got him and Boyle on the end of a toes a toes a long throw. I think uh, I think you've you've got a dangerous weapon there because I think they both they both both know each other quite well, Boyle and Toza, and I think that's a double act that's worked at uh, at Cheltenham. So you know yeah. we're getting the boys back together, mate. Um, right boys. before before we go on to kits, just very la- very lastly on transfers, are you still thinking another two coming in? Maybe a keeper, maybe maybe a midfielder. Yeah, there's word as we as we record this that uh, the keeper supposedly signed a younger keeper. Um, I'm not sure um, if we can say that because it's not really our place to say at this moment, so we won't. Um, yeah. But yeah, a keeper just as you know, we got we got some great keepers there, but you know they combine ages a lot. You know, there's no, there's no account for experience, sure thing, but we do need somebody that that maybe is a little bit more on the agile side, shall we say. Um, yeah. So, the, uh, that will be in there. And uh, I, I don't know. Part of me is thinking a striker, but then it's weird because Billy Waters feels like a brand new signing because we only saw him once at Torquay. So, mm. and he, yeah. and he looked quick. He, he looked quick. Well, he, he looks small. He looks small. 
Um, but yeah, well, we've got a few guests joining us, so we just need to sort of run through before before we let them in. But but one thing we do need to talk about is kits. Can you see that? I'm sorry, the technology is 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 not really here. Uh, no. I have to go to the bedroom, so I can't really, I can't really, um, yeah, I can't really share my screen like I normally do. Yeah. Anyway, for, the, for those streaming their audio, Andy was just showing pictures of the kits. But it just looked like big white blobs, to be honest. So you know. <laughs> Um, uh, right, so the, the, they're the designs that we've that we've been knocking about for a couple of weeks. Uh, the white one, the sash one, and the black one. Uh, I've ordered both. One due to administration error. Um, I didn't mean to, but you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to throw them away now. I've got them. Um, I wanted the black one first. That was my favourite out of the two. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the United. Airlines logo being blue, but that is the actual color of their logo. So you know, if they can get that on on white, why wouldn't they? Um, <laughs> but what's your favorite? What have you ordered? You're that kit man. What do you think? I've got them all. Well, I've got the red one obviously at the moment in my possession. I pre-ordered the black shirt with my season ticket, and I wanted the white one because we, like difficulty with kits. Like West Ham are a prime example. Most of their home kits are identical for the last seven or eight years. So boring. Same old. They stuck a couple of bubbles on it this year. Doesn't make it unique. I like something that's a bit unique. And we've got three bespoke kits, really, at the end of the day. We haven't had a white kit with a kind of strip down the middle ever. Um, Astral GTX. We had something similar. Actually, we had an Umbro one, which is similar, but it was likened to an England training top, so it didn't really sell very well. It was an Umbro one back in the day when when uh, Neil Taylor modelled it. But it's a really nice kit. Uh, people will grumble about all sorts of stuff. It's lovely. I like the colour on it. I like the button-down collar and the black one. I, I, we haven't had a black kit in forever because, obviously, National League rules um, for, forbid it. And, yeah, I think they're all... They're all great-looking kits. Probably, it's probably a better trio of kits than than the collective of last year, if I'm honest, just because I thought the blue one kind of let, let the slide down a little bit. But that's me splitting hairs. Yeah, I mean, my only thing is I do think the, the, the black looks a little two-tone, that it looks a little sort of charcoal then going into black. And maybe I would have preferred a, a pure black uh, well, yeah, that, that'll come. I think, I think, that, I think they mentioned that it was some sort of tribute to, to sort of the, the, the sort of mining history right, in, the, in the area. Um, and, uh, you know, like I just said, then you've got to, if you're going to justify doing shirts year after year after year and not keeping a freeze and having them for two seasons like some clubs are choosing to do, you have to make it different. You have to make it unique. I dare say, hopefully, they will do an, a, a full on blackout kit because that'll be lovely. Full on blackout badge, the whole thing proper nice yeah. and crisp so that will come in time so let's see where we go with it um all three kits will be on show on the u.s invasion tour yeah uh, hopefully i don't think mine will come before i fly out but uh, if it does i shall be wearing it um right before we sort of get into the american stuff a bit more on the membership now our resident socialist uh liam randall isn't here uh but there's been more news about about memberships and season tickets and what they're doing with, with uh, away tickets now. So 70% of see, of season, sorry, 70% of away tickets will go to season tickets. 30% will go to membership. Um, look, I went to 12 games last season. Um, I was lucky. I think you probably went to, to the same. You know, everyone I wanted to go to, I managed to get a ticket to. I've sort of made peace with myself that this season, there will be a few where I miss out. And to get people interested in Wrexham, I'm happy with that. As I keep saying, look, I've spent the last 30 years 
trying to get people interested in Wrexham with varying degrees of success, the, the degrees being no success. So now people actually want to come and watch my club. I am happy that, you know, every now and again, I will miss out uh, to, to, to get, you know, miss out on a ticket. So I, I don't know what you think. It's a tough one. It's definitely divided opinion for sure, depending on your point of view. Um, but yeah, there's, there's obviously that camp and, and that mindset of you want new fans to come in. And if they're paying for a membership, they should have some sort of opportunity to get an away ticket and experience that, you know, I mean, it's difficult to, to get a home ticket as it is. So there's every yeah. chance they may first, first and only experience a record might be an away game. So it's a difficult one to fathom. A lot of people have said maybe an 80, 80, 20 split might've been fairer um, for season ticket holders. Um, it's done now, isn't it? It's done. And that's the way it goes. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, th- I think, I think it's been, it's caused a bit more panic by virtue of when you've tried to get away tickets last season, it was, it was a tough ask. We were on there for ages, scrambling around, hitting refresh over and over and over and over. And it was just a nightmare. That's going back to Marine the season before last. Yeah. When it was just a joke trying to get them. So that's probably made it a bit panicky. But what we're forgetting is that we're going to a lot more grounds with bigger, bigger, bigger away allocations. And that mm. will eventually cascade down. I, I, th- I think we'll be okay. I think those most people who want one will get one. There's going to be a little bit of kickback around it. But oh, let's, let's just let's just see how we go game by game and assess it as and when we go through. We'll definitely be keeping tabs on it. And it's definitely a, a subject that's not going to go away. Um, for sure, and it shouldn't do because it is something that's important, and and people have have quite rightly um, made their thoughts very well known on it. Yeah, it's a divisive subject. Uh, one thing that isn't is our US tour, and we're joined by uh, Alexander. Alexander, Alex, what should we call you? Oh, you're on. I think you're on mute at the moment. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There, you, there, you, there you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Alec, uh, it's, uh, I'm Alexander, but my great-grandfather was Scottish and he called himself Alec, so that's what I got. Alec, where are you joining us from? I'm joining from Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, great. I am going there for two days on uh, uh, during the tour. Um, so what we're going to do today, we've had a sort of like a little chat about uh, about some of the stuff going on at Wrexham this week. And we're going to be joined by by yourself, another U.S. fan and Paul Rubberford, who uh, is a player who used to play for us and featured a little bit in in the documentary. Um, and the TSD. Hollywood, Hollywood Paul, he calls himself now. <laughs> um just before the, these guys join us, I just wanted your sort of take on 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 sort of the stuff, pricing issues that are that are affecting us at the moment. Now, I think our sort of thing is we knew there would be a lot more interest in the club, and we knew we could sell a lot more merchandise. Now, with that, the club know that they can make a little bit more money because they've got a lot of American fans, probably like yourself, willing to to buy this merchandise. But there's a school of thought that just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, and I just sort of wonder what you sort of think about how, how people are reacting back at home to sort of rises pretty much across the board. Yeah, I think, you know, from the U.S. perspective and, and, and we're not sort of one perspective, we're going to all have our own perspectives. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, 
So I grew up a, a, a New York Yankees fan was my sort of my team and my sport. Mm. Um, you know, when you think about season tickets in U.S. baseball, it's 160 games. So you've got 81 home games you've got to get to. You know, you're in the tens of thousands of dollars uh, for that kind of thing. So when we're talking about, um, you know, even, a, a, you know, a, a UK football club's season ticket, it's it in the U.S. mind, it doesn't sort of raise all the alarm bells other than the fact that, um, you know, un unless you want it to just be, you know, just referencing Robin Ryan's entry into Alpine, uh, you know, F1, everything F1 is Monaco and glitz and glamour and Hollywood. Whereas the thing that attracts, I think, me, I'm not anything unusual. I'm a sort of normal Baltimore person. Um, you know, I have to pay attention when I buy that or buy that or buy that. And by the way, your FID thing is in, in the closet. I've got to find a place for it. So the, the sensitivity that I think I bring to it and that I think a lot of others do is we want to join the story, right? Mm. It's not about the sport, right? There are, there are people out there and there are US people who are like, I just want to uh, watch great football. I wanna see great players, see great plays. I did not, right? I tried uh, uh, when the um, US soccer league, uh, you know, football MLS came into being, I tried to like the New York football club, just didn't take, didn't know the players, didn't look great. I could follow the U.S. women's team in World Cup. I can follow the U.S. men's team in World Cup. But it wasn't fascinating until, you know, the story of the club is one thing. But I would say that, you know, the thing that we're joining as fans is the story of the community, the story of the people. And this is one of those difficult balancing acts, both money as well as just we can be overwhelming in terms of our culture, in, ter in terms of our enthusiasm. Uh, and uh, I, I do worry about, uh, you know, wanting to participate, uh, but not being able to do it sort of sensitive in, in, a, in, in a sensitive way that doesn't change the culture of Wrexham itself. So I had no issues with a $30 price tag. Uh, yeah. I thought about it before it came out. And I said, you know, if it's 50 bucks for internationals, that wouldn't bother me. Um, I'm, I participate on another board. I, I participate on a board um, uh, for a nonprofit organization. And we created something called a charter member. Um, and I thought that kind of concept was maybe appropriate to the Wrexham supporters who participated in, you know, while the Wrexham supporter trust owned the club, uh, yeah. that they shouldn't be paying what I pay. I mean, coming over to, for one game is going to be you know thousand plus dollars for me, but um, but that shouldn't change, you know, Sean and Annette and 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 the people who do this on a regular basis, um, and my membership shouldn't be exactly equivalent um, um, to the other people. Uh, you know, the the thing and and the thing I'll compare it to, or the thing I'll hold it to as a standard, is what Robin Ryan and the advisory board has said is their standard, right? They want to bring the town along on a journey. It's very easy to buy one of these things and then just go to the stratosphere 
price everything out. You've got enough fans worldwide that you could do it and, mm. and just buy players. But I would say at the same time, you, you, you know, I don't ever want to see them buy a great player who's a jerk, right? We want that team. We want that chemistry. We, just like, like yeah. one, of the, one of the players we buy will be a jerk. Uh, okay. No, no, I don't. Yeah, that's right. But, but they better we be can't, able, We can't go through. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, uh, yeah, really comprehensive answer. Um, so what's it like there? I mean, w w which games are you trying to get out to? Um, so there's a Philly game. Are, are you able to make it to Chapel Hill as well? I will be at, uh, and, and actually, importantly, I will be, but my two 12-year-old twin daughters will also be at the training uh, event right. on the Tuesday. And then we will be in the uh, section 117, the Wrexham supporters section, at uh, North Carolina, uh, at, at the Chelsea game. Uh, I actually uh, desperately wanted to get to the Philadelphia game and had no issue doing it. I planned to do it, but it conflicts with, <laughs> it conflicts with my daughter's uh, swim meet schedule. They're on a swimming team. I uh, tried to convince them maybe the divisional championships weren't all that important, um, <laughs> but they called me on that. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. So, I mean, Alex, just in terms of, if I was in your situation and I was going abroad, I don't. You know, me and Andy have done ground hopping tours in, in you know, when we've gone to Barcelona or Europe or whatever. And I always have like a list of things I want to do in my head. Like, I'm going to do a ground tour. I'm going to try and meet this guy. I'm going to try and do that. Um, is there anything that you've already got written down that you ideally want to do? You're going to try and are there certain players you want to try and meet? Are you just looking at looking forward to the occasion as a whole? looking forward to meeting other fans is it a bit of everything uh it's a bit of everything but i do have in my mind sort of uh um the experience i want to come out of it um because a lot of it you know what i'd really love to do is um sort of develop uh the fandom in my daughters they love it they've watched the they've watched the show they've seen a couple of games with me but they're they're not fans yet uh in the same way i am um, I would, I, so I, I wanted to make sure we were in the Wrexham section where people might know the songs. Um, I, I have my, my daughters listen to the Ricarsed version of Wrexham is the name and they have it memorized so that I hope that they can feel a part of that, um, community and, uh, sort of Wrexham culture. Uh, and, uh, I do, I, I don't know of the logistics for how we're going to see the players sort of walking into the stadium. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to uh, get a, a photo of my daughter's fist bumping. Um, you know, really any one of the players are, they're all terrific and I, I sort of recognize all of them. So I can, I can make up a good story as to why they, they, they uh, fist bump the most special player, but uh, they know, they know Super Paul Mullen pretty well. So yeah, yeah. One player, sorry, one player who would have given you a fist pump um, is, is Paul. Paul Rutherford, who has just uh, joined us. Uh, Hollywood Paul, as he likes to be known now. Um, <laughs> Paul, hey, I'm, I'm not sure about Hollywood Paul. I think that, that name's already in use anyway, isn't it? <laughs> um, Paul, uh, friend of the pod, uh, thanks for coming on again. Uh, now, you, you returned from Chapel Hill uh, about a month ago, wasn't it? So you played in the, uh, in the Seven Aside tournament. Were you ready for the reaction that, that you guys got out there? 
No, honestly, like we were, we were all blown away. We couldn't believe how how big the fan base over there was. You know, it was it was straight, straight away as soon as we landed at the tournament. We, we were the most popular team there, you know, and bearing in mind of some, you know, really, really big clubs there, West Ham, Wolves, you know, straight away all the incest was on was on Wrexham and you know, it was quite surreal to be honest. You know, we've we've all got day jobs now, you know, the, the majority of the lads in that team and you're coming across, you know, players who played in the Premier League and you know, you're getting a lot more focus and attention than them. But the thing that that, that did really surprise me was was how passionate the fan base was over there. Um mm. it was so vocal, it was so loud, they knew the songs from you know from back home. It was honestly it was it was really authentic. It wasn't it wasn't something that was just, you know, uh, you know, fake or yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was authentic. It was genuine. They knew, they knew you were. They knew the story. They, you know, they clearly watched the documentary. They'd clearly been following the team since the documentary. Um, it was it was just unbelievable, unbelievable how passionate they were, how loud they were, how how friendly they were. Just honestly, it couldn't have been a better experience. I think it's that's quite interesting what you said, Paul, because before you came back on, Alex said before that. Um, it's quite interesting that some some of our new American audience can tread the the sort of fine line between being between being too overzealous and coming across as quite smothering in in their approach, whether it's part of like a cultural thing. But on the flip side to that, that just falls in line with what you just said. Their enthusiasm for the game comes across in in bucket loads, and and that kind of falls in line with it, with that sort of cultural aspect of American fandom is that they've took the time to learn those songs. They've took the time to really delve into the history. That's what I think a lot of us have really picked up on and, and appreciate because you can just go, oh, I'm a fan now, but yeah, yeah. do you know who Gary Bennett is? Do you know who Paul Rutherford is? You know, and I think a lot of these are really sort of bedding into, I want to know why they were rubbish then. And I want to know, why they were called giant? No, you know what I mean. Not you. <laughs> not you. Present company accepted. <laughs> but was, was that just feeling like a rock star? Must have felt unbelievable. But it, honestly, it was it was incredible. It was it was incredible. This, this, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, but as you've touched on there, I think the one thing that the not, not the one thing, but one of the things that the documentary did really well was that it incorporated the town into the documentary. You know, it wasn't solely just a football programme. It wasn't solely just, oh, look at what the squad is now. It, it went into everything. It went into, you know, the fan stories, different journeys within the fan base, different journeys within the community. And and that's, I, I think, why, you know, a lot of the American fan base has, you know, sort of picked up that, that culture, that identity. I think it's been, you know, a really, really clever move. Um Ultimately, the you know the journey that Wrexham's on, there will be a, a, a moment in time when people do feel like it's it's sort of left, you know, it's 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 core behind, so to speak. You know, mm. I think every every top club has that. You know, if Liverpool want to be successful, and I know I always come back to Liverpool, but if Liverpool want to be successful and they want to just keep it to local fans, then there's a limit to that. If you want to be, you know, Premier League successful. You have to have a global audience these days, and I feel like you know that's the journey to the clubs on. And I think what they've done so far really well is they kept the community a part of that. And and if anything, they've you know they've showcased the community to the you know the global audience, and not just we've got a football team. No, we've got a town. We've got you yeah. know we've got something bigger than that. Yeah. Did you, um, did you have any? Did you have any 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 weird fan requests? 
No, yeah, to be fair, I've had plenty over the years. I've, I've had dogs named after me and everything, but um, <laughs> no, there, was, there was nothing to it. Just, just, just the fact that they were asking me to um, to sign autographs and they weren't asking Carlton Cole to. <laughs> Tell me the dog was called Ruthers and not just Paul. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I do like, I do like the idea of Paul a dog. Yeah, uh, no, imagine that just shouting Paul Rutherford in the park. Paul, Paul. But now, um, yeah, Rutherford, it was called. <laughs> um, from, because obviously you featured in the dock. Were you, were you recognised a little bit more than the rest of the Wrexham players? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite modest, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was a little bit, um, certainly on the, you know, the first couple of days that, you know, there's a big focus on obviously Chomp, you know, the goal. Yeah, yeah. There now, myself and, and Lee Trundle in terms of, you know, the media Profile, responsibilities yeah. and everything. Um, you know, we, we were probably, you know, d- despite having, you know, really good characters, really good players and, you know, really good people around that, you know, that ran that project, we were probably the three at the beginning that, you know, had, had to deal with a little bit more of the media side of things and a little bit more of, you know, the the fan base a little bit. Um, but as the, you know, the, the journey evolved and the tournament grew and everything that, you know, that spread amongst the whole team that was up there. Um, but it, it was something that I enjoyed. It was, you know, like I, you know, like I said to you on my, my first podcast with you guys, um, the documentary was something I was really hesitant about. You know, obviously I'm, mm. you know, I'm, I'm there crying on Disney Plus in front of people and then, you know, seconds later, poor husband got sacked. So, you know, it, it's something that, you know, isn't, you know, necessarily nice to watch about yourself. But, you know, as that journey's evolved and as Wrexham's evolved, you know, it was arguably one of the best things that's happened to me in terms of, you know, it's, you know, it, it gave me a story, to be honest. It's given me a little bit more legacy, to, well, a lot more legacy than what, you know, I would have had as a player. Um, You know, so it, it's something that, again, you know, maybe I'm just trying to put a positive angle on, but it's something that I'm really appreciative of. And, you know, something that has given me opportunities like going to America and representing the club again. Yeah, uh, firstly, don't do yourself down because your legacy is is assured at Wrexham. Um, no, bring... even, even with that, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, at times, you know, you'd always look at it like players are Marmite, aren't they? You get some of the fans will always love, some of the fans, you know, just won't like, mm-hmm. and then the rest of us are sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, but it, it, it's something that, you know, I'm proud that the Wrexham fans, you know, the ones that have watched me play and stuff, have got, you know, real fond memories of me, but... Ultimately, you know, I wouldn't have made any sort of imprints in America, certainly not. Um, and certainly not with, you know, the, the size of an audience that, you know, the football club has now. So, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I have to be really, really appreciative of because, you know, that doesn't doesn't happen to everyone really, does it? No. I just want to bring uh, Alex in. Um, and it's sort of touching on what you've been saying, Paul. Um if you look at the documentary over the whole, it's just had six Emmy nominations. You're trying to sort of put a finger on why it's been so, so successful with a U.S. audience. And one thing I did sort of think is U.S. sport fans, um, their teams, that their players are almost inaccessible. I mean, if you think about an NFL team or, or even a baseball team, these are multi, multi-millionaires who live in big houses. And, yeah. you know, you can't really get near them other than what you see on their Instagram and what they want you to see. Well, I think Welcome to Wrexham maybe showcased a different sort of professional athlete. And the likes of Paul, when he went back to his home and saw, you know, saw his family life, you know, Rob, you know, NFL players, they're not like Rob Layton, who's plastering his, his, his spare room, is it? Yeah, do, you think, yeah. do you think, Alex, that's, that's sort of why it resonated with, with your rank and file sports fans in the US? Uh, I mean, I, I think, I think it's probably the main reason. You know, Paul, your your part right at the beginning 
set the tone for the entire show in the sense that, you know, uh, uh, we talked about before, like I grew up as a New York Yankees fan and all those people are multimillionaires. All those people are, you know, uh, uh, live a different life than I will ever live. And, you know, not just, you know, you, your, your piece, which wasn't long, but was critical, set the tone that I think, you know, when we get to Layton, when we get to others and you see the way you're living, it's like, oh, it's, it's very relatable yeah. to the, the normal person in the United States. And there are a lot of not normal people in the United States, but there are a lot of us who live relatively normal lives. And it became incredibly relatable where it was like, oh, the, you know, this town, you know, the, the way Rob talked about it, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, not the, the beautiful portions of Philadelphia. There are some rough and tumble portions of Philadelphia. It's like, oh, that, you know, pieces, parts of this remind me of that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's 100% that they they tried to ground the, it seemingly they tried to ground, you know, for two guys who are part of the elites, um, but they're incredibly relatable people as well yeah. um, in their own ways. But the the show really tries to ground itself in, in stories about people who lead lives that we can identify with. I'd, I'd, I'd completely agree with that. I think you've, you've absolutely nailed it there. It's, it's relatable. It's something that, you know, that you've experienced yourself. It's, it's a life that you've lived yourself. You know, you, you know, ultimately, you know, at this level, you know, we're not multimillionaires. We're not, we're not there with Ferraris on the drive or anything, you know, we're, we're there in every, you know, every wage that we can get. Um, and it, and it is that relatableness, it is that that we've never really seen before. You know, ultimately, it's it's people that we see on, you know, as you say, Instagram, Facebook, Sky Sports News, you know, any other American broadcasters, you know, that's the only real platform that we see them on. We don't see them, you know, with a family and thinking, you know, what's going to happen to him next? Is he, you know, is he is he getting paid? Is he going to play football again? Is he getting a normal job? Well, you know, what's, what's that story? Well, I didn't realise this was football. I thought football was Premier League. You know, I didn't realise that, you know, that that's how you know the majority of footballers in the world live their life. It's um, I seen a statistic once, and I, you know I'm going off on a little tangent, but it, it, when we were at Wrexham, you're in the top three percent of footballers in the world. And if you think about any other career where you're in the top three percent, it's you know it's multi-millionaire status. It's you, like you say, you know you're getting towards the elites. You know certainly, you know if if not in the elites, but you know with football, it's not like that. It's it's only that fine, fine, fine minority and rightly so by the way and deservedly so that they earn that type of money um but the rest of us you, you you're surviving that's that's where where the truth's at really you, you know you love your job and you create some great memories and great opportunities through it but you are just surviving you're not you're not by any means thriving you you're, you're working pay, paycheck to paycheck paul i imagine you still keep in touch with some of the lads there that that you played with in the past that are still at the club if there's any sort of specific piece of advice you could give these players before they board the plane on Saturday night, no. what would it be? Because I know, I know it's not exactly Beatlemania, but should they be bracing themselves for something they've maybe not experienced before? Besides uh, yeah. 100%, yeah. I think, obviously, you know, like to Ben Foster, he'll have experienced something on a, you know, on a similar level with Man United and, you know, some of the other clubs that he's represented. Um, but they're going to go crazy for Paul Mullen absolutely crazy you know and I know that he's you know probably slightly adjusting to that lifestyle with you know with, with some of the opportunities and, and interviews that he's done you know with, with various you know big big platforms but I, it's going to be crazy I said this I said and you know on the trip Sean Harvey said the same he said 
we're going to have to make changes to how our tour looks because this is bigger than we thought. It's, you know, it, it, it's massive. You, you honestly will not believe how big it is. And I'll, I'll just add to that. One of the things that makes it so accessible to U.S. fans is we, you know, we feel like we can identify and that they're not out of touch so that I have never, I've, I've been to, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many baseball games in my life. I've never tried to fist bump a player ever. Yeah. I'm going to North Carolina and I want to be in that lineup to do that. I've never done that before. And I'm going to bring my daughters. So, so there, you know, by the nature of the show, they're changing our behavior that we feel like we, we might actually be able to have an interaction. Yeah. That, and that's exactly it. That's what, that's where the club will have a little challenge in terms of obviously safety, which, you know, obviously everyone has to, has to think about, but also maintaining that accessibility. They have to make sure that, you know, that the players are accessible, you know, in a safe environment. And I think, you know, that it, honestly, it'll be incredible for them. So me, me advice to the players from that angle is enjoy it. Like, honestly, you will not, you will not experience anything like you're about to experience, you know, and you certainly won't have experienced it before. And, you know, if you're experiencing it again, you're extremely lucky. Um, it'll be incredible. It'll, honestly, it'll be top, top draw. Top draw and just enjoy you, it. Soak it up. You, you were the first poll from Liverpool um, to represent Wrexham that they went mad for. So at least you've got that one over Mullin. So, you know. <laughs> that well. Hey, uh, to be fair, I'm not in competition. You, you run your own race, don't you? Do you know what I mean? He's got, his, he's got his story. I'll have mine. And, you know, it's... You know, yeah, I'm not one of them. It's it's weird. Like, I was never bitter about anything with Wrexham. I'm, I'm buzzing for everything that, that any what any individual, the club as a collective, goes and achieves. I I just want to see the you know everyone achieve what they can achieve. And ultimately, in terms of me, I'm I'm more than happy. I'm I'm very happy that I was a part of that story and a part of that journey. And you know, I've got me me wife and me kids, and that's 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 what I'm. You know, that's my priority. And as long as they think I'm all right, then that's the main thing for me. Honestly, well. Certainly with my wife, as long as I'm the number one Paul in her life. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> um, Paul, I've got a question in two parts. Uh, firstly, how many times have you watched the video of that ball you played in the uh, in the seven-a-side game? Uh, was it for George Boyd, Tim? Um, I'm uh, sure Paul's the after man himself. <laughs> it was yeah, absolutely hey, well, that's what outrageous. Yeah, you put me with good players. I can do those things. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're passing that ball into Caelan Bailey Nichols, it's only going one direction. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Okay, to be fair, the lads were giving me a bit of stick about that. They were like, we never knew you had that in the locker. So well, I'm playing with proper players here. You put me with proper players, I'll make it happen. I feel, I feel like you've been waiting months to go, right, next time I get a chance to have another pop. I know it's all good. It's all good fun. It's all good. Yeah. It's a sentiment we all. It's a sentiment we all agree with. Um, second part to this question, and maybe Alex can help with this one: is where's the best place to go drinking in Chapel Hill? Uh, to be fair, we stayed in Raleigh, so um. Uh, yeah, I'm staying there. Yeah. Yeah, so we were in Raleigh. It was um, it was really good to be honest. It was um, it took us a couple of nights to find one of the strips, but when we found it, we um, we got quite familiar uh, with it. Find strips, mate. Yeah, there was a little strip there. It was good. There was a right, few okay. bars along the that strip. Strip of bars, yeah. Yeah, so there was four or five there that were worth visiting. Yeah. 
just make sure you go to the over 30s though because it's um it's a, it's a young population there yeah <laughs> the it's a student town, isn't it alex yeah i mean it's it's not um it's not college season so the, you know university is yeah. going to be out but so it, it'll be a different culture in the town that you know when when school is in session it, it's going to be very different um, but yeah, I, I actually don't have anything to add. I've, I've been on, uh, you know, Wrexham Twitter, uh, asking any of the North Carolina locals, uh, where they're going to go. And I think, you know, the answer is probably not necessarily the pub as much as where's everyone going to go so that we can all hang out together and reminisce about the game and, yeah. and what we've been up to. Alec, give um, us an idea, give us an idea of your journey. Um, cause I, I need to brush up my geography, but it's, it's easy for us to go, all right, you know, we're, we're popping over the border. To Tranmere um, next, you know, a couple of months' time for a twelve thirty kickoff, and it'll take us forty five minutes to get there. What's the situation with you? How far is it from you to the to the game? Sure. How you? What's your mode of transport for it, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so I'll be driving down. Um, there's not a great um, um, public transportation. Uh, you could probably take a combination of buses, but um, that's sort of not ideal in a lot of ways. Uh, so I'll be driving down. It's going to be about six and a half hours without stopping. So I'm anticipating it'll take about eight hours with uh, with uh, you know two 12 year olds on board, uh, where uh, you know we'll have to do a, a couple of bathroom breaks, but um, um, and a meal break. But yeah, that's it's just you know basically due south on the east coast, uh, and and I, I'll be staying in. I think I'm actually staying closer to Cary than I'm staying to Chapel Hill. But all all the all the hotels in the area were 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 booked up. Wow. So 16, 16 hour round trip. To see that little Wrexham. Good. Correct. It's exactly right. It would have been so much easier to go to Philadelphia, which is only about two, two, two hours, 45 minutes away. It's still dedication, and we salute you for it. So, yeah, good stuff. Absolutely good worth time. it. Absolutely worth it. Uh, we're also joined by Amy. Amy, can you hear us? <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Adam. Uh, oh. Amy's, <laughs> it's, it's all good. I'm, uh, I logged in under her account, but my, my video seems to be deciding it doesn't the way like the way I look so uh let me yeah, I mean, just, work, work work on that video or we're just going to go for the basis that you are Amy with a deep voice so we need that's, that video that's why I, I, I've got a cold it's fine <laughs> okay um, I mean I, I may log out here for just a minute and I might try one other thing I'll be right back okay. no problem thanks Amy uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh right I'm just going to take this time to Something quickly. Um, so I was at the London Reds AGM, and this is a piece of Wrexham history. Uh, this is a signed ball from the first year of the Dean Saunders era. Uh, it's got Jefferson Louis on Tim. Um, mm. This was this was from uh, Mike Sutton's house. Mike was a longtime London Red. Uh, he died a couple of months ago. Um, this is one of his possessions that you know, one of his treasured possessions. A real, real good part of Wrexham history and I'd like to sort of try and uh, auction this off or some bids for, for this Tim I don't know if you can put a, an email out and anything that we, we make from this and we're, we're willing to ship it across the states um, we'll put towards the British Heart Foundation which I, I know was so I, I know something Mike was was quite keen to, to support just one other thing before we before Adam Stroke Amy comes back when I'm out in when I'm out in the states um, we've got these free T-shirts to give out. There's some London Reds. 
uh, T-shirts. Uh, I'll be selling fanzines, giving out to so come and track me down and, and get, grab one of these. Now, the slight caveat to this is they're quite small sized, so they might be more for kids than uh, than your average American, which I mean that in the nicest way, Alex. Well, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I'll say, you know, the whole sizing thing, I'm, I'm not sure I understand. I haven't gotten my first, you know, home jersey yet. So that when I ordered my away in third, uh, I couldn't, I, I still don't know what the right size is. Uh, Always yeah, size at one. Size right. at yeah, one. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're Macron are, you know, Italian, and we're not Italian stallions last time I checked. Apart from Ruthers, me fits into smalls. Um, no, back, back in the day. <laughs> Oh, are you still playing? Maybe not now. Are, are you still playing? No, I've, um, I've just decided to stop this year. To be honest, it's um, just come to a point where are we? Are we still recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, I might have to. Uh, I might have to choose my words then. <laughs> Deep breath. Andy's pretty much on the spot now. You don't have to say nothing. So yeah. One thing I wouldn't mind asking you, and again, you might have to change choose your words on this. Is how was Sean Harvey on the trip? Do you know what? Brilliant. Like, yeah. honestly, at first I was hesitant and I was thinking, you know, obviously some of the, yeah, pretty much when he come in and we were obviously at the club, it was, you know, here's the, here's the harbinger of death. Like, he's, he's here to get rid of everyone. So I was like, you know, we were this guy. I like harbinger of death. Was yes, good. we were thinking like, and to be fair, I said we had similar to him on the tour and we were like, you know, oh, who is this guy, you know, not, not really feeling him, but... It was actually brilliant to spend time with him, understand who he is, and to see how he does things and go about things. He was—he's actually a really, really top guy. Um, he got really good intentions for the club. Um, the way he spoke both to me and Cara, um, you know, we, we did like a presentation on our last evening there, just to, you know, go through tour highlights and everything. And it was—it was brilliant how like well we'd all come together and stuff as a group, you know, as a staff, as a set of players. You know, because we were all different ages. We had, you know, obviously, you know, young lads, older lads, you know. We were sort of in the middle, me and Cara. We had lads from different teams, different generations, different, you know, periods of success or, you know, you know, shorter success. But he, you know, we did this big presentation did, and it, in the speech there, he, he sort of directed a little bit at me and Cara and just said, you know, I want to thank you for, you know, how you've represented the club, you know, previous to us coming in. And, you know, it's, you know, down to, you know, the likes of you guys that, you know, put the club in a position where we were, you know, a viable option to be, you know, to be bought by who we were bought by. Um but we also want to thank you for, you know, how you've conducted yourself on this trip. You know, you're representing the club, club brilliantly, even, you know, to this day. Um, you know, it's not something that necessarily you had to do. Um, but, you know, we really appreciate what you've done. And we want that gap that, you know, that we've sort of had over the last couple of seasons, to, you know, to close. And we want you to be around the club a lot more than than what you have been. You know, so it was it was actually brilliant on that front, just the way he went about that speech. And, you know, directed at me and Cara thanked us for our service and everything and said, you know, he pretty much said that at the time when, you know, we were let go, it was it was sort of at a time, you know, a full change of the guard between, you know, the old and the new and, you know, yeah. some of the ways that things were done at that point weren't necessarily how they'd like to have done them. Um, you know, so he just wanted to thank us, really. And it was it was just unbelievable. And how we come across was was excellent, to be honest, like top jaw. And he, he, he's really, really good fit for the club and the project that he've got. And he will maximise it like... It, it, I, I, I'm not just saying it because you know, obviously, I'm on a on a fan chat or not, and all you know. He's mm. he's a very very impressive person. You can see why he's so good at his job, and just the way he goes about things. You you, you learn every interaction he had with people, whether it's hotel staff, tournament organisers, you know, other football clubs. You learn from every interaction on how he communicated and 
how he went about things. He was just a really, really top guy who really cares about the club and really cares about the people connected to the club, which was probably what I, I didn't expect from him just due to, you know, the not the interaction he had with him, but obviously the time frame that we had together where, you know, he was coming in with his ideas and we were going out. You know, yeah. it's sort of at that point where, you know, you're probably thinking, oh, this fella is, you know, he's evil. You know, I'm, I'm not really feeling him, but no, he's, he's actually a really good guy, like top guy. And that, you know, I know I love talking, but it's the same with the rest of the staff that were on the trip, you know, chomping gold, just the things they were selling us about the playing squad and how they go about things and the standards and values that they've got. It was it was brilliant to see that they're, they're actually really good people. You know, they're not just, you know, without speaking poorly, you know, I just like to speak honestly, you know, sometimes when you get a project that, you know, people know there's a lot of money at that level connected with, you get the wrong type of characters that are coming to get a quick paycheck and, yeah. you know, they want to line the pockets to get out. These these lads aren't like that. These are invested in the journey, invested in the club. Do you want to maximize their own careers they want to maximize the club's journey through their careers they want to you know they want the two to align and the values the standards the just everything that they set and everything that he spoke about was just really humble really down to earth really ambitious it's everything you'd want to hear as a fan base it was it was top draw and again that extended you know we had the chief scouts out there chris we had you know aiden davison the goalie coach out there and just how passionate and how determined they are to win you know even in this tournament like the they're jumping up and down on the side, like they're, they're really invested in what's going on in the tournament. The winners, the, you know, the, the best that that Wrexham can currently have, like they're the best in their field at it. The the top top draw, honestly, and you can just see what what Phil Parkinson's created with that staff, with that playing squad. That you know, I said it a while back, and it was it was just sort of an intuition thing. Like what I always believe, certainly at football clubs, and certainly at a club as passionate as Wrexham, is the players have to reflect the fan base. They have to be working class, they have to go and fight, they have to go and compete, you know, those things come first before ability and you can see with those lads and that staff that that is, the mantra that that is, their philosophy that they will work for everything that they achieve and it's just, it was just so refreshing to see honestly, it was just, it was brilliant to see and, you know, like I say, I was, it actually made me really, really like, you know, really really it sounds cheap and corny but I I fell back in love with the club again you know it was it was not that I was ever bitter about leaving but obviously when your journey ends you know you it's not I stayed following the club and everything I stayed connected but you're not fully connected and you know now I feel like I am again I I want to jump on that because there's something that we do in a lot of U.S. sports called old old timers day yeah well we do bring bring back not just you know Paul, you're, you're young and spry still, but you know, 45, 55, 60 year olds. uh, And you'll come back. You know, I remember watching Mickey Mantle play when he was, you know, not well, but it doesn't matter how well they're playing. I would love to see, and you know, if if Robert Ryan's listening to this, like I would love to see some of the, you know, watching the TST, seeing you Paul and the others gives so much more context and allows us to honor you, not just for the one moment in the show, but for the broadly for your participation on the team and as part of the community of Wrexham. And I think an old timers day type event would be absolutely phenomenal. And, and, you know, we, I I know I love it and I'm sure, you know, we, we gravitate towards those things because it allows us to connect a little bit more with the history of the club. That's brilliant. So 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 well put. Um, I'm just going to bring Adam in. 
just for the last. And, and to be honest, we are tying it up. But I'm going to ask him. He's going to come in and out. I'm going to ask one last question, and then uh, he can answer that, and then and then we can tie up. But I'll ask you first, Alex. Um, what's the what What's the one thing that a Wrexham fan should experience out in there? Well, you know, it could be a food or a beer or or some sort of event. What 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 should we actually aim for? You know, the the U.S. is a big place, and we've got lots of things going on. Um, it, it would depend on where you're going. Mm. I, I would say if you're coming to North Carolina, you've got to find yourself an authentic, local North Carolina barbecue joint that has good vinegar-based barbecue, and that's going to blow you away. It, it's just unique. It's different. You can't you can't find it well anywhere else. Um, much like, you know, you, you got to go uh, do the you know proper cheesesteak up in Philadelphia, the proper ones. And there are lots of improper ones. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's probably it. O other than that, I mean, it, it's a beautiful countryside uh, uh, around that area. Um, lots of neat things to see and do. But but if you're going to be there, you got to have yourself some barbecue. Paul, what was your favorite thing over there? Sorry, it was the people. The people yeah. were just so friendly, so polite. It was just... It was just brilliant to see and experience just just how nice people are. You know, we get too caught up over here, I think, at times. And, you know, in, in you know, the nine to five, the grind, the, you know, the run of life, just, you know, constantly, constantly working to, you know, to take over over there. It was just the people were so nice and had so much time. It, like if there was one bit of advice for, you know, for the fans, for me, it'd be soak up the people, just soak up the atmosphere and, and, and join in with it. Just go along with it. Just just enjoy that 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 nature of the people. It was honestly it was brilliant. Really good. Adam, thanks for joining us. We're actually tying it up, but we're asking so but I, I can see the effort you've made. You you're wearing your new shirt, you got your old shirt in the back. I, I, it's the old shirt, mine's in the mail. It's uh right. it's trapped in, in in limbo there, but uh but yeah, we're I'm looking forward to that. And I got my black jersey on order uh yesterday morning, so we're good. Good. Um so I've just asked the question to the to the lads, what what's the one thing a Wrexham fan or player should really experience during the tour out there? Is there anything that sort of comes to mind well i would say i would kind of tag along with what alexander said you know because america is so huge i mean we're so regionalized it really depends on what area of the country that you're going to i'm originally from the south from tennessee now live in orlando and i mean the one big, big thing you know in our tradition would be tailgating which i've heard a lot of people over, over there on that side of the pond have no idea what tailgating that means, is that means something a lot different to us i mean if someone tailgates uh, me i'm going to be oh, no, i'm thinking that i'm thinking someone right behind me in the car that's the last thing i want that's right that's right and that, that's, that's probably the yeah 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 that's probably the first definition of tailgating but in in in, in uh that our culture another thing of tailgating is uh is this pj yeah, it's PG, I promise, I promise. But uh, a, a lot of times, like before the games, there will be fans that will be in the parking lot for hours before the games. And they'll have their trucks and they'll put that tailgate down and they'll barbecue and drink. They'll put up tents out in the parking lot. And so they pregame all out in the parking lot, the drinking, and the play food and all of that. Exactly, they're playing cornhole. They're doing, you know, all the fans are kind of gathering in different groups in there, and uh, that's it's a huge thing. And I, I had, uh, I mean, you'll find tailgating all over the place. In fact, there, I've already had some chat groups. We're all already trying to get who's doing the tailgate, what parking like we get into uh, North Carolina. The parking over there seems kind of crazy, so we're trying to uh, 
work out all the details. But yeah, tailgating, the, the, the positive tailgating, not the, not the negative one. <laughs> can, I, can I tailgate in, in a rental Ford, uh, Ford Focus? Is that possible? You can try. Uh, you know, if, if, if you cook out in it, you may burst into flames, though. Okay. Uh, Drive yeah. around the parking lot and find the right tailgate where you want to go. And you'll probably yeah. find multiples and just give a stop in. And, and, you'll and people are friendly here. They'll let you, they'll, they're more than happy to let you join in with them. So, yeah. cool. Tim, do you have any last questions for the lads? I've just got videos. I've got visions of you going around this car park because I've seen a video of Andy. In his in his profession, trying to uh, find Kim Jong Un um, <laughs> over a fence somewhere, and the the video skit is absolute gold. Uh, it's just um, it's yeah. like a bad video outtake. So if he does something similar with a tailgating parking lot party. Then I'm all for it. But... And I just say that that video was was actually in in Korea. It wasn't in <laughs> it wasn't in Wrexham. Uh, because just... if you do find him there, that that would be. Uh, I'll have to I have to dig uh, it out. I'm going to embarrass him because he's like, he's over there, old Kim, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah he right. is. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> right, let's quickly move on from that. Um, Tim, do you have any last proper questions for the lads that don't involve trying to embarrass me? Yes, I do. I mean, we'll, we'll come around to, um, to predictions and stuff in a minute. But just in terms of, Adam, you're going to the first game as well. It's going to be your first experience. Similar question to what I asked Alec earlier on. What are you most looking forward to? Because obviously... You've you've seen the documentary. You've you've seen the games. You've seen the success that we've had in in, in recent years. Um, what's what's the main thing for for you that that you're really looking forward to the most from this, as well as just experiencing a live game? Is there anything else that's really standing out for you? Well, I would say you know again coming into this, you know, a year ago, you know, we didn't even knew Rex, I didn't even know Wrexham existed, you know, and uh, to go from that to watching the documentary to you know, buying the half season and, and, and watching all the games uh, from that point on, uh, uh, hosting a, a fellow Wrexham player in my house to watch uh, the Barnett game after uh, the Knotts County game and just just totally buying into it. You know, it, it, it it's my excitement is to be able to experience it live, first off, and really just to see the players, you know, you through the documentary, you know, you really get to to know the players and see them and, and finally to get to see them live. I think that's that's probably the biggest thing for me. I mean, I'm on, I'm on a Zoom with Paul Rutherford. He's right there in my window. I'm like, oh, holy cow. You know, I remember that guy cussing in, in the, the poor uh, locker room, you know, and it, it, it you know, it's, uh, you know, it's embedded in my history there. And so just to meet the players live and just really to see them. And I'm also excited and uh, to see what the turnout's going to be for you guys to, to realize and see just how many Wrexham fans are here. I mean, the fact that that game alone sold out 50,000 seats. I know that there's going to be Chelsea fans there. Good for them. But I'm really excited to see how much red is going to be up in the, the stands. And so, you know, and just to, to that, that vindication and for you guys to understand that Wrexham is, is a, it's turning into a huge thing over here in America and around the world, you know? And, uh, and because I think, you know, it, it's uh, it just turning a spotlight on Rex. I mean, you know, I know you guys have been overwhelmed. I mean, you know, a year ago, you, did, you had no idea you're going to have you know, Ryan Reynolds and people on your pods and stuff. And but just to see how this thing is growing uh, so fast and just people that have really totally bought in. I mean, I've got the scarf, which I'm probably not going to wear in a, 
uh, North Carolina will probably be blazing, but uh, but just to go all in and, and really fall in love with the team. You know, a lot of people here in the United States, we have our teams that we we follow between college and football. We're huge sports people. And uh, the story of Wrexham is just, it's a, it's one that it's easy to, to buy into, you know, and just to, to really feel for the town and stuff. And uh, the documentary did a wonderful job, you know, and it really tugging at the heartstrings and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to see the fans there, how many people are there to turn out. Excited to see all these faces that we've seen on screen uh, this this whole time. Uh, you know, seeing Paul Mullen in person and stuff. Hopefully, Ben Foster will be in the end zone and I'm at in goal and just singing, learning all the songs. And you know, uh, I won't talk about some of the songs. There's shagging of the sheep. I had a question about that one, but that's good. That's good. It's literal, right? They're just shagging the sheep, right? I, I know well, there's a lot literal. of sheep over there. No, no, no. We're not They're... literally shagging them. I, I no, they just say, okay. <laughs> there we go there we go yeah we'll put them on the barbecue so yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to definitely oh well, i mean that that's that stopped me in the tracks that one to be honest um but, uh, but i mean paul's going to tell us now um that that preseason results don't matter it's all about building up fitness and getting to know your the new players and systems and so on and so forth however it is chelsea it is a sold out crowd they are going to put, want to put on some semblance of show. So with that in mind, I'm going to go with score predictions around the table. So we'll start with you, Adam. What are you thinking? What are you hoping for? Does it matter? Well, I mean, it, it, of course it matters. It's a friendly, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, you want to see – it's a game. You, you know, you want to see some goals. You know, you, you don't want to see an exciting nil-nil match. That, that's, uh, that's not exciting. But, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to think that, you know, the guys are going to be, you know – a little, a little loose, a little, you know, a little overexcited and want to show off to the fans over there. So I'm thinking maybe a, a here, here. Uh, I would say maybe, maybe a three, one, three, two, Rexham win. Take wow. that, take that. Alec, do you concur? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give myself an out. Um, my prediction, um, I, I think the Chelsea squad's kind of not huge right now. So they actually are going to be putting some really quality players on the pitch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it might be more something like 4-2 Chelsea. I'll either have the benefit of being right in my prediction or I'll be happy that I was wrong. You sure you haven't, at, at you sure you haven't been supporting Wrexham for more than a few years? Because that sounds the sort of prediction <laughs> that we would have all gone for. Not he already um, knows about people Wrexhaming it. <laughs> oh yeah, we, yeah the, the, no, 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 well known. it's a well-known uh, phrase. There, there will be Sorry, some next before, season as well. Before we ask Paul, Paul, can I just ask you something from a from an ex-pro sort of sort of standpoint? I mean, yeah. obviously this this US tour is brilliant. They're going out for for a couple of weeks. There's a lot of promotional stuff. There's some matches as well. How well do you think they'll be drilled for for the start of the season? Um, just because they'll be traveling back, then they'll have a week before before the the game do you think do you think it, it, it's great preparation out there the hot weather hot weather training or, or are you a bit more traditionalist Natwich at home no it's to, to be honest I think you know obviously jet lag will be a thing um but in terms of the opportunity to go to America you, you can't pass that up I think you'd have to be really really realistic and accept that that's one of those things so I wouldn't say that that's not ideal preparation I think you know pre-season these days it's evolved a lot from 
let's get the lads fit. You, you know, players take over, you're fit. Like, you know, I used to come back lighter and, you know, my times would be quicker when I come back to, to pre-season because you just focus purely on that fitness work while you're off. Um, so pre-season now is a lot more tactical based. Um, and I'm sure, you know, with a lot of familiar faces anyway, the manager will be well versed on that. The lads will be well scripted on, you know, on their game plan, their structures, their details. I think if anything, he'll be fine tuning and, you know, adding little elements to that. Um, so I think they'll still get, you know, the necessary time and and the necessary focus on the tactical side of the game. The fitness won't be a concern. So I, I think, you know, it's it's a you know it's a great opportunity for everyone to to go on this tour and you know to to touch on a couple of things there. You know, I think everyone has to embrace these things. You know, the fan base has to embrace these things. You know, you heard a lot with Man City fans, for example, where they go, oh, "You've only supported them since the takeover." Like, so what? Like. It doesn't matter if that is when the, the support started because ultimately that's what's going to take you to the next stage of your journey. Um, and it's things like this that are taking Wrexham to the next stage of their journey. And it's 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 the reason why it's it's vital that you know that the club has to go to America to, you know, that it has to represent itself over there and and you know and engage with with you know the new fan base over there because it's going to be vital in you know in the journey that the club's going on. Yeah. Uh, finally, score. Him. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Alex to be honest. I think you know Chelsea. You know they've got a lot to prove this season. I think you know there's gonna be a lot of spotlight, a lot of focus on them just because of how you know how negative a season they had last year with the amount of money that they spent. Um, so I think you know it's Sam Staff this done it. We're talking about Pochettino playing next him. <laughs> you know, but I think Pochettino's got to he's got to just go for it because ultimately there's gonna be a lot of focus and a lot of scrutiny if you know if he gets off to a false start against Wrexham. You know that. The tabloids and the press will be jumping all over it. So we, you know, they'll be taking it serious and they'll have a really, really strong squad out there. And you know, I, I think as long as Wrexham give a really good account of themselves and show people what they're about, I think that's success. And you know, in terms of score, I think you know the score could be anything. You know, if Wrexham just go and enjoy the occasion and you know it's a real open game, then you know Chelsea have got a lot of quality that could, you know, that could you know hurt Wrexham ultimately. Um, so I, I do feel you know it could be you know a, you know a Chelsea win. I'll keep it a Chelsea win. Fair enough. Lads, we've kept you for so, uh, we've kept you enough, but really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Alex and Adam, I'll see you out there, hopefully. Um, awesome. And we'll Paul, do. I'll see you soon. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. Cheers, no, thank guys. You. Great, great meeting you as well. See you later.